coming at you harder than your nipples on Christmas. It's the Tennis Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Amell. I'm your sidekick host, Brandon. I didn't know we were coming in with hard nips. Oh, we're coming in with the hardest nips today. But if you're new, this is the Tennis Podcast. Tell them why their nips should be hard. We're a proud member of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and your nips should be hard because every week on this show, we cover top 10-ish lists on whatever the fuck we want. Ooh, spring, spring. So one week, Brandon will bring a list, and I won't know what it is ahead of time, and I will try to guess items 1 through 10 on that list, and vice versa. On today's episode, the start episode 135, I have brought the list, and Brandon doesn't know what it is until Mm. I tell him momentarily. Tell me. I can't. I first have to give a quick programming note. Oh. Today, when this episode releases live in your ears in real time, it is June 9th, 2021, year of our Lord. Our next new episode will be on July 7th, roughly four, well, exactly four weeks from now. Just have some scheduling conflicts. We have to go back to that gay conversion camp, right? Yeah, it didn't take. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We keep failing. We go to conversion camp to become gay. So... No new episodes for the next four weeks. However, I'm going to keep the feed busy with bonus content and some best of content. So don't you worry. And of course, we will, we will have new content on Patreon if you can't wait. If you got ants in your pants for us. Yeah. Brandon, during this season of the pandemic, which, you know, as we record here in June, it feels like it's almost behind us, but I feel like there's going to be some nasty surprise waiting any time now to bring us back. I was reading a few headlines today where I saw that Australia or maybe Sydney specifically, somewhere in Australia, they've locked down for like a third time. Great. So I know that there's some countries that are still struggling with it. But yes, in the US, despite our own best efforts or our worst, own worst efforts, uh, yeah, we do seem to be sort of pulling... No. In spite of. Right. We yeah. seem to be pulling out of the COVID lockdown spiral. Well, during the pandemic spiral, what would you say you'd spent a lot of time doing during the pandemic? Watching stuff. Watching stuff. Right. And I'm not talking about your very active Pornhub subscription. I'm talking about, I don't know what to call it. I guess streaming, streaming platforms, okay. uh, subscription streaming services. So that's your Netflixes you know, that sort of thing. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the top 10 streaming video content subscription over the top platform services, whatever they're called. The top 10 ranked by global subscribers as of May 2021. That was the fucking longest goddamn headline. I didn't know what to call it. Top streaming services. Streaming services. Okay. Boom. Top 10. And it's again, ranked by global subscribers. My sources today are, of course, Wikipedia, as well as our friends at Newsweek, Investopedia, WeForum.org, and Comparatech.com. Okay. And my brain. And my butt. Show me where... I'm going to guess that... Uh, Whoa, you're just getting right into it. God damn. Yeah, okay. well, why wouldn't I? There's fucking 10 of okay. these things. I didn't realize there were even 10 streaming services. There's way more than 10. Way more than 10. But... Okay. Yeah. I'm going to guess that Disney is number five. As in Disney Plus, I assume. Disney Plus, yeah. Get your branding right. Disney Plus is not number five. It's number two. Jesus. Uh, Sorry. I looked at the wrong thing. It is number five. You fucking asshole. (laughs) Exactly number five. Fucking sandbagging (laughs) asshole. But uh, it's going to be number two and maybe number one in no time because while it is number five on our list today, it's the by far fastest growing streaming service in the world. Disney Plus, it launched in 2019, late 2019, 
It's owned by the Home Depot. Wait, wrong note. It's owned by Disney, Walt Disney Company. It has 104 million subscribers, enough to put it in the fifth place. Its content library includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, 21st Century Fox Studios, Pornhub, and its biggest shows are... So Newsweek, uh, one of the articles I pulled from had a list of its biggest shows. Mm-hmm. Didn't well, I can tell like... you off the top of my head what its biggest shows okay, are. Go ahead. Go ahead. They're The Mandalorian. I think the new series of uh, Clone Wars. No. WandaVision. Yes. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. And there's one classic. The Simpsons. The Simpsons. There you go. WandaVision, Mandalorian, Simpsons, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Top four. They're among the top four at our house. What can you tell us about Disney Plus? What fucking can't I tell you? It's, you know, they, like, I'm sure at some point in the past, uh, parents dream, like my parents probably dreamed about having, you know, when they saw uh, Rocky Four and he has the robot who brings in drinks. In the 80s, it's kind of like a, an 80s robot, I think is what my parents would have hoped. It was like babysitting kids in the future what the fuck are you talking about well i'm getting to it instead of a babysitting (laughs) robot we've got disney plus everything (laughs) everything that can keep your kid i get it immobilized and nearly comatose is Mm -hmm. on disney plus i say comatose but like i guess it depends on what you watch because some of the stuff on there will get them fucking amped up they'll tear your house apart if you what if an avengers movie They'll be tearing the sheetrock from the walls. <laughs> Why, doing superhero moves? Yeah. Now, be honest. Are you doing superhero moves in the sheetrock as well? I'm usually uh, screamed at by my two-year-old to participate. He uses me like a giant action figure to tell me what to do, where to stand, mm-hmm. how to be. How and to yeah, be. I, there's probably some superhero <laughs> shit in there. Well, you're not alone because, like I said, over 100 million subscribers. And in fact, on the first day of Disney+, Plus. They had 10 million subscribers in day one. It's crazy how fast they've grown. So, how much does this shit cost? This, this babysitting robot of the future, how much like does it cost? Eight bucks a month. Yeah, it started at seven, but it recently had a price increase. Or you can bundle with Hulu and ESPN Plus, which is a great deal and also kind of scary how much Disney fucking owns of my life as well. Except in that with that deal, I don't think you get commercial free Hulu. Well, I do. Well, I've been screwing something up then. You've been screwing something up. I mean, take a drink, everyone. So let's talk about what led to Disney+. Plus. Netflix and Disney used to have an exclusive relationship. Disney announced it was going to launch its own service. And I remember thinking, this is probably, I don't know, mid-2010 somewhere. I remember thinking when I heard that, a whole streaming service just for Disney? Like, when you first hear it, before you put 30 seconds of thought into it, it seems so weird, but now here we are and it's like, can't keep up with all the shit there that's on there. It's the vault. They opened the vault to us for yeah, eight bucks yeah. a month. It is incredible. Everything that Disney has ever done, pretty much, is on there. So Disney Plus has a very Disney strategy. They have dominated East Asian countries like Indonesia and India, which is bolstering their subscription numbers. And they're dominating those markets in a way Netflix has not. Because they offer their service at a significantly discounted rate. For example, in Indonesia, Disney Plus is the equivalent of $2.75 per month, which is uh, like a fourth of the price of Netflix in that country. They're given Netflix the Walmart treatment over in East Asia. 
Yeah, they might even be taking a loss on that, but they don't care because they just want to get your ass in the door. They're going to be fine. But Right. Now you're hooked on mouse smack. Mouse what? Mouse smack. Oh, I get it. Okay. Because Mickey Mouse and smack. Okay. Yeah. Did you know that Disney Plus is launching, like, I guess, PG-13 and up content, an alternative to Disney Plus, which is more family friendly, called Star. And they've already launched it in 2021 in a bunch of countries like Canada, Europe, Australia, New Zealand. They haven't launched it or even announced that they're going to launch it in the United States yet. What the hell is on there? Remember they purchased 21st Century Fox Studios? Oh. Um, so there's a lot of like PG-13 and rated R films. Like Deadpool maybe? Yeah. I mean, I think. I don't know. Isn't that a Fox film? It's a Marvel film, isn't it? No, yeah, it's not. I don't know what that is. It's like Marvel, but it's not Marvel Studios or something like that. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? They got fucking lawyers involved. Now it's confusing. Last for Disney Plus is I asked on my Twitter at the Nick Amel. I asked my followers, what are some hidden gems on your favorite streaming services? I have two here for Disney Plus. First one from David McCulloch on Twitter. He says, all of dinosaurs is on Disney Plus. <laughs> I remember it being a fun little show when I was a kid, but as an adult, you notice the hilarious and on point satirical writing. You remember dinosaurs? Yeah, I've watched a on few ABC? episodes on there since it's, since it's been back. How's it hold up? He's right. There's more satire than I remember. There's a lot of stuff that goes over like a kid's head. And how's the ass on the mom dinosaur? Dumpy. <laughs> oh, baby. Malin181 on Twitter says, could Howard count on Disney Plus? It's a documentary about Howard Ashman. He wrote the Little Shop of Horrors musical, then did Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid, and Aladdin. That sounds interesting. I had not heard of it. It's called Howard. I was hoping it was about Howard the Duck. Do you have any uh, hidden gems, Brandon, that you haven't already talked about on Disney Plus? Mm, no. <laughs> uh, everything that we've okay. watched, I, can't, I mean, no. And You're it, a mainstream everything... sellout. What? You're a mainstream sellout. Just go ahead and say it. Okay. Whatever. I'm moving on. Okay. So, that's Disney Plus at number five. I'm going to interlace today's episode with some hashtag fun facts about general streaming. Did you know that more than 80% of U.S. households have at least one streaming subscription? However, the average person has four subscriptions. How many do you have? I was just thinking, I don't know. I need to keep, I probably need to keep tabs on that. I know I just eliminated two the other day that I'd forgotten about. That shit adds up. I mean, uh, streaming used to be like this, I feel like this, uh, not a secret, but kind of like this, we were getting away with something kind of feel because now we don't need cable anymore. Mm -mm. But it sneaks up on you now because now it's so diversified, the streaming market. There's so many different services now. It used to just be Netflix and like one or two others. So uh, it adds up quick. But according to Nielsen, the average amount of time spent streaming per day pre-pandemic was, what do you think? I have no idea. (laughs) 38 minutes a day, the average person spent on streaming. Okay. Sounds kind of low, really. Hey, I'm just telling you fucking facts, man. I don't watch that much, so it actually sounds about right to me. 38 a day? I think you have a need for watch, watching stuff that I Well, isn't it like even if you watch one episode of something, that's 40 plus minutes? I usually don't even watch one episode of something every day. By the time I have like TV time to myself, I'm doing doing other shit. Hmm. I'm too tired to like put on an episode of something. Or you're recording with me. Yeah, or I'm fucking talking to you about what I could be watching. Speaking of, you have another guess. Yeah, is Hulu number four. Hulu is way down at number nine. Oh, damn. 
But that's okay. Don't feel bad because that's money going into Disney's pocket as well. Because Disney is the majority owner of Hulu. Good. I was, I was worried and feeling bad about that before you told me. Right. Yeah. I knew you would be. Uh, at number nine with 42 million subscribers, Hulu launched in 2007 has content from all over the fucking place, as well as a growing library of original content. Their biggest shows are Little Fires Everywhere, Solar Opposites, The Great, and I'm sure you know the other one. The Handmaid's Tale. I've never heard of the other ones. Me either, actually. Handmaid's Tale was listed first, and it's their biggest, most successful, most award-winning show, and my favorite show that I've seen on there. Are you on the new season, by the way? We watched the first episode, but we're, I'm watching them with my wife, and I mean, that's just a good example of how much time we've had to watch stuff. We both like that show, and we have had exactly the amount of time to watch one episode since the new season started. Well, somewhere around episode three or four, there's a pretty huge development. So, Well, thanks for ruining it. I didn't ruin fucking anything. I'll be expecting it now. Okay. You just couldn't wait. Ants were just spilling out of your pants. A huge development could mean fucking anything. It could mean aliens show up and abduct the commander. You just couldn't help yourself. You're like Frank Costanza in that scene where, in Seinfeld where he's eating dinner with the Rosses. We're going fresh. <laughs> exactly. I want to go in fresh. Still, still. I want to go in fresh. That's right. <laughs> okay. I respect that. So like I said, uh, Hulu is a joint venture between NBC Universal and Disney, who owns the majority and controls and operates Hulu. It first launched as the Hulu Syndication Network. It was designed by the NBC Universal team. It launched in 2007. It began advertising during NBC's broadcast of Super Bowl. What fucking is this? 48, maybe? No, 43. I forgot. Whatever. Used to 2009. Be able, used to be able to go on Hulu and watch like classic Simpsons clips or watch Saturday Night Live clips, or the most recent, some of the shows that had just recently aired, like on NBC, like you could watch the full show on there too, yeah. for free, just go to the website. Yeah, that you have to wait till the day after, I think. But yeah, it's a totally different, it's just wild how like a totally different situation it is now. Mm-hmm. Streaming has evolved so fast. And how every streaming service is basically set up the same way. There's like a homepage, there's a search, there's movies, there's TV shows, there's their originals. They all pretty much got the same selection of shit. And don't forget, originals wasn't a thing until less than 10 years ago. I have a note about it. And now it's like the bread and butter of most of these streaming services. Mm -hmm. The originals. Two more notes on Hulu. Uh, in April 2021, Disney and Sony Pictures reached a multi-year deal to let Sony's titles, such as Spider-Man and the Jumanji franchise, among others, to stream on Hulu and Disney Plus after leaving Netflix. A significant number of Sony titles is expected on Hulu as early as June 2021. We're going to go Spider-Man crazy. Last but not least, I recommended a hidden gem, which is called Run. It's a movie starring Sarah Paulson. It seems very inspired by that uh, story from HBO, Mother Dead and Dearest. Remember that mother that was the like... Pretended her daughter was ill and had like yeah. chronic, yeah, like chronic illness. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like a uh, dramatized version of that. Okay. It's really good. So something a real upper. Yep. I'm trying to think if I have any old hidden gems on Hulu. The thing I watch most on Hulu is It's Always Sunny in Sorry. Philadelphia. Oh, 
Seinfeld for me. But yes. Seinfeld's moving to Netflix, I believe, soon. The end of the year, maybe. They're all just whores jumping from bed to bed with ever who's throwing him the most amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. No loyalty to any streaming service. What if I switched to Hulu from another one just for Seinfeld? Well, they, they don't give a fuck because they'll replace your ass before the second even ends of the second that you leave. Seinfeld will be back on there. You know, in 1998, when Seinfeld ended its original run, who would have thought... I mean, they knew they'd probably still keep making money for a long time on syndication, but not just that, but now they're making hundreds of millions of dollars every time they go to a streaming service that was like not even on anyone's brain in 1998. Crazy world we live in, Brandon. It is. Work of the devil, I say. It's a sign of the end times, all this technology. Do you have another guess? Yeah, I'm going to guess Amazon Prime has to be high on the list. I'm going to guess mm-hmm. that Prime is like number two. Are you going to guess it's like number two or number is two? Is it number two? It's number two, Amazon Prime or Prime Video with 175 million subscribers. Now, keep this in mind. Amazon Prime includes... Yeah, the free you know, a lot shipping. Of people, yeah, right. A lot of people subscribe to Prime not even for the video, but for the other shit you get. And it's been around for, since 2006 and it has 175 million subscribers, okay? 175. Now, Disney Plus launched less than two years ago, and they already have 103 million subscribers. It's incredible. Amazon Prime. They launched in 06. They have content from Amazon Studios, which includes their originals, MGM Studios, Discovery, licensed content from a bunch of other vendors, pretty much all studios out there. They have all kinds of fucking crazy shit on there. Mm -hmm. My son and I watched... An hour and a half long, I think it was labeled as a documentary, and it was just a bunch of like 1980s toy cartoons all clipped into an hour and a half long. That sounds unquote, movie. amazing. Talk about a hidden gem. Damn, that sounds good. Are you being facetious? Because no, no, act- I'm not bullshitting. I'm saying that sounds really fun. To it was watch awesome. I want to watch it. What's it called? When we started watching it, he was like, Oh, this is stupid. I'm not going to like this. And then he, his mind, was absolutely blown <laughs> when he saw my the my buddy doll oh it was a doll the size of a a boy <laughs> and this uh-huh. boy's just carrying around like a a plush sex doll with him <laughs> i was about to say it's a sex doll then he started seeing the gi joe commercials and he started getting like it was like we were watching the avengers he's getting all amped up started tearing off the walls and I had to calm him down and tell him, like, they don't even make this shit anymore. You know, we should do some sort of retro commercial top 10 list. Mark that one down, Brandy. Yeah. Okay, so back to Amazon Prime. There are four biggest shows. The Grand Tour. Yeah, the Grand oh, Tour with the, with the um, Top Gear guys. I'm going to guess the Jack Ryan show. Is it called Jack Ryan? No. Oh. It's, uh, I think it is called that, but it's not in the top four. Fucking, what else they got? I guess maybe I don't know. I w- those were the top two okay. I would have guessed. How about The Boys? Oh, yeah. I've watched an episode of that. How about The Man in the High Castle, which was their first big original? That's the one I was trying to think of the name of. It's the, like, if the Nazis had won World War II, right? Yeah. I never saw it. Is it good? I don't know. I haven't, oh, watched, I haven't watched it. I just know the premise. Yeah. Premise is interesting. Is the other one The Americans, or was that on a network show? Not sure, but the fourth one is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, I don't know what the hell that is. 
So Amazon Prime is an interesting case because you can pay $12.99 per month. This is in the US. $12.99 per month to get the full Amazon Prime, which includes, you know, all of Prime Video, but also free two-day shipping. I think it includes like the Kindle library. It includes like all kinds of shit, shit you don't even know you have access to. Or if you just want streaming video only, so video, uh, Prime Video, that's $8.99 per month. But that's new. Until like a year ago, you couldn't separate it out. You had to get the whole thing. Right. And that's what brings uh, an interesting note because it's true that nearly 200 million people are subscribed to Amazon Prime and by extension are also subscribed to the free add-on to that service, Amazon Prime Video, which is what I was just talking about. However, the streamer, uh, Amazon Prime, has never revealed exactly how many of those users are actually using the streaming service. But in 2018, around the time that Amazon Prime hit 100 million subscribers in the US, Reuters reported that 26 million were using the video service. So if you were to uh, extrapolate that percentage from 2018 to today, that would mean about 52 million people are actually using Prime Video. And if that was true, uh, then Amazon Prime would drop from number two all the way down to number seven. Yeah. Isn't that fucking fascinating? It's fucking buck-ass wild. I don't watch very much stuff on Amazon Prime. Their user well, you will soon too. because they, uh, they just purchased MGM Studios like days ago as we record this for eight and a half billion dollars, which gives them rights to uh, James the Bond, old, Rocky. All the old Bond movies. I'm sure Bond will show up there and I'm sure they'll have some new Bond content as well. No, they, I specifically saw where they said James Bond will always come out in the movie theater because it's a movie theater experience. Suck it with your little tiny TV screens. Well, maybe they'll do a same-day release like HBO Max. Oh, spoiler. All right, let me give you some hidden gems on Prime. This comes from Twitter again. Podcast about something said Sneaky Pete, starring Brian Cranston. That's actually been on my list for a while, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, Sneaky Pete. Pat Thaker replied and said Coherence. Haven't heard of it. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast, which Brandon was a special guest on in December. Mm Mm-hmm. They said Danger 5. Haven't heard of that either. I don't know. Last one from Fuck Buddies. They say The Map of Tiny Perfect Things, which is a rom-com involving a time loop, which sounds interesting. There is so, like, it used to be, you know, I know that everyone had three or four channels. Everyone knew what everyone else was watching. Everything was like water cooler talk. And then, the like, you know, the 90s, there was basic cable. So it expanded a little bit. And then for the last like, I don't know, maybe five years or so, there's so much fucking crazy shit to watch. It's just every conversation that I have with anyone else Mm -hmm. over the age of 25 is just a long list of recommendations of shit to watch Mm -hmm. and stuff that I'll never get to because all I do, the only thing I watch when I watch something is The Sopranos over and over. It's Goodfellas and Sopranos, right? No, just Sopranos. And you want me to waste my valuable streaming time on Goodfellas. It's not a waste of time. I'm sure it's a good movie, but not going to do it. (laughs) But you're just being absolutely fucking obstinate about it. Yeah. So, some fun facts. Uh, Nielsen reported that as of 2020, streaming accounts for 25% of all TV usage, which is low to me. That means that 75% of TV usage is still, you know, traditional TV. Yeah, there's still a lot of old people with like basic cable who just stare at Fox News all day. Yeah. Tucker Carlson, listener of the show. Uh, Another study from 
I never know how to say this. Deloitte? Deloitte. Deloitte. They said that 44% of consumers cite an ad-free experience as the top reason for streaming, sir, for using streaming. To that, I say, well, fucking enjoy it while you can because that's going away more and more every day. Ads are being integrated more and more into all these streaming services. Even the ad-free experience in some of these, you still get an ad here and there. One more fun fact is that if we were to include audio streaming on this list, which we're not, but if we did, Spotify would be number three and Apple Music would be number eight. So that's how many subscribers they have. I would cancel every video streaming service before I canceled Spotify. Okay, did Spotify pay you to say that? No, I wish they would. I know they got, a, <laughs> they got some fucking deep ass Swedish pockets. Spotify, you are welcome to fill out our Advertise With Us form on our website at tennispod.com. Yeah, or the sponsor my whole life and everything in it form. Yep, where do they find that? Give me some of that Rogan money. Oh yeah, he's Spotify exclusive now. Yeah, right? He got a hundred million dollars. We're on our way, Brandon. Don't worry. Yeah, don't, don't. By episode one thirty-eight, we'll be there. Don't fucking hang yourself. I want to hang myself with your next guess. Oh, oh, uh, is HBO Max number six? Seven. Okay. Man, you really need to do better. You're the sidekick host of a top 10 list podcast, Brandon. Come on. Number seven is HBO Max with 44 million subscribers. Like Disney Plus, it's very recent with a caveat. It launched in 2020, the caveat being that some other old HBO services were folded into it, like HBO Go and Now. Uh, But it does have 44 million subscribers. Its content library includes Warner Brothers, DC, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, among others. Their biggest shows are... Go ahead. Well, I know a lot of people did subscribe uh, over uh, the pandemic to watch Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Their new shows, fuck, I don't know. They have a lot of new shit that people are into, like Succession, fucking Westworld was hot for a little bit before it oh, yeah, got Westworld. annoying. HBO Max is, I would say, is like my preferred streaming yeah. service. It's mine as well. I think it has the highest percentage of quality new shows. The new episodes of Adventure Time are exclusive to HBO Max. All the like Looney Tunes stuff, Adult Swim stuff. If it's got a Batman in it, it's on HBO Max. Yep. They got it all. They also have their top four, which is The Flight Attendant, Warrior, South Park, and I can't believe you didn't mention Game of Thrones, their all-time biggest show. I'm trying to remember when HBO Now switched over to HBO Max. Was it around the Game of Thrones season eight? It was during the pandemic. So no, no, Game of Thrones had already ended. Had already ended. I just remember one day I like turned on the TV and the app had updated from HBO Mm -hmm. Now to HBO Max. And I was like, oh shit, I guess I have this. Oh, cool. And then I started looking at what everything that was included on it and I was... I just kept getting hit with waves of of pleasure. I've been making my two-year-old watch Old Sesame Street in the morning from like the 80s. That's quality shit, for sure. I'm a big Sesame Street fan. I also like the old shitty cartoons that just tell you about numbers and shapes and stuff. I like HBO Max because it has has Looney Tunes, the entire Looney Tunes library. It also has a lot of uh, the big Cartoon Network shows, which were a huge part of my childhood. Yeah, it's my favorite service in 2021. I will say it's the most expensive though. It's $14.99 a month in the US, which is the highest priced streaming service in the top 10. 
But I think they feel like they can justify that because in 2020, they announced that uh, all of their theatrical films in 2021 would release on the same day on HBO Max, including Wonder Woman 1984. Sucked. Zack Snyder's Justice League and Godzilla vs. Kong. Godzilla vs. Kong. I'll give my quick reviews. Wonder Woman 84 turned it off about 10 minutes in because it was like I was watching a fucking satire of superhero movies it was so bad Zack Snyder's Justice League is just really long I mean if you like Zack Snyder's thing then I guess that's great but you um, like his wiener what his style if you enjoy his style great it's a lot more of that style of his wiener I mean his style's fine but I don't want to watch I don't think they're good like Batman and Superman movies but Godzilla versus King Kong, we watched that like the weekend it came out, mm-hmm. my Same. eight-year-old and I, and it was fire. <laughs> we were on team King it's, Kong. It's not a perfect film in terms of, in terms no. of plot, <laughs> but in terms of like an enjoyable movie experience, I loved it. But I don't think anybody went into that movie going like, I wonder what the plot's going to be. Plot is going to be there's a big monkey, there's a big lizard, and they're going to get it on. He's an ape, you fucking animal. Well, they fought and it was awesome. Yeah. Well, the decision to release on same day in theater and on HBO Max was met with backlash from filmmakers, production companies, the Directors Guild of America, the creative artist agencies, and movie theater owners, as Warner Brothers had not informed anyone about their plan ahead of time, ahead of the announcement. But in March 2021, Warner Brothers, who owns HBO Max, if that wasn't clear, uh, Warner Brothers would discontinue same-day releases in 2022. Yeah. So, there you go. So, enjoy it while you can, folks. I really thought when they announced that, that it would change things forever because I didn't think you could put that genie back in the bottle. Apparently, you can. No, nope. that genie wants you to go and spend a lot of money on sugary drinks and popcorn. Yeah, which is where they make most of their money. Right. And I do love popcorn. My recommendations on HBO Max, obviously, True Detective. But also for a less known one or less discussed one, I'd I'd say the semi-recent Heaven's Gate documentary series. I think it's just called Heaven's Gate. Uh, Very good as well. I already said mine. Sopranos and on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, Adventure Time. Both very kid-friendly. So there's only three more in the top 10 I think you're capable of guessing. Other ones are like Chinese or something. Yeah, there's three Chinese ones, which I'll just give you when you're ready for that, but... Okay. Let's get through your guesses first. Let me think here. YouTube does not have one account as a streaming service, right? It does because it has YouTube Premium, which includes originals and full-length movies and stuff. Oh, is that even crack the top 10 then? Number 12. Okay. Oh, uh, fucking, what was that one? Sling TV, is that in the top 10? No. I looked it up, by the way. I think, uh, if I recall, it had like 4 million subscribers. Four million for Sling, and uh, Disney Plus had a hundred million. So oh, Sling shit. is, uh, yeah. Let me give you twenty through eleven. Oh wait, what about Apple Plus or Apple TV? Yeah, that's eleven. <laughs> oh, okay. So twenty is Crunchyroll. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. Nineteen is Globo Play or Globo Play. Eighteen is Rakuten TV. I think some of these are foreign. Seventeen is Curiosity Stream. 16 mm-hmm. is I won TFC. 15, this is one you could have guessed, ESPN Plus. 
Do these all have to be paid or can they be free? They can have a free version, but they have to also have a paid version. Oh, okay. Uh, ESPN Plus was 15. The newly launched Discovery Plus is 14, which, by the way, is probably going to be combining with HBO Max next year because there was a merger announced. Mm-hmm. 13 is iFlix, 12 YouTube Premium, 11 Apple TV Plus, which is, I think, had a slower start than a lot of people expected. Hmm. How about uh, the, what's the, the CBS app? Mm-hmm. Is that on here? Paramount Plus is number 10. Somehow we have that. I don't think we pay for it. It must be included with something else. But it's on my There's a my free team. tier with ads. Well, I've been watching something like movies and shit for free. Anyway, it's on our TV. I don't know how it fucking showed up. It's barely got anything worth watching you on there. You sound like such a grandpa right now. It's on my TV and I don't know how it got there. Well, I know my wife installed it. I'm saying I don't know like where the subscription came from and I don't think we're paying for it. Were you paying previously for CBS All Access? No. Because it migrated to Paramount Plus. Oh. I don't know then. But it is number 10. It used to be called CBS All Access, but it relaunched this year, 2021. It has 36 million subscribers. It's content. It actually has a pretty impressive content library that makes me want to consider it. It has Viacom, which includes CBS, BET, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon's the big one. I know just, I think the day we're recording this, they just launched a new, like new episodes of Rugrats, the Nickelodeon series. They also have all of SpongeBob on there. Their biggest shows are Spongebob, NCIS, and Star Trek. Now, I mentioned it relaunched in March 2021. It used to be CBS All Access. So at the end of 2020, when it was CBS All Access, it had 8 million subscribers. Three months later, it has 36 million. If you remember, they had a lot of Super Bowl commercials. Probably helped. I don't even remember the Super Bowl commercials. I'm just telling you, one day I looked and there's this new app. I'm like, I'll look and see what kind of shit is on here. And I did. Brandon, I don't know. I, do you need me to take you to a doctor? No, I'm just, I'm living okay. in a blissful, aloof haze when it comes to new <laughs> streaming services. Uh, my last note is uh, on my watch list, haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to, is the 2020 version of Stephen King's The Stand is on Paramount+. Plus. It's a series. I started the first few minutes and, and something pulled me away. And I'll tell you, I wasn't compelled enough to return. Was it a hot dog? No. Was not an airport hot dog, just to clarify. No. Is Pluto TV in the top 10? That's an interesting guess. I don't think it qualifies for whatever reason. It's not on here. Yeah, I, I, think it, I don't think they have a paid version. Oh, you're right. They don't. I like watching uh, Pluto TV, even though do it does too. have ads. It's, they have really weird old random stuff on there. Like I've watched a lot of old episodes of The Price is Right. It's a good thing to like have on in the background while you're working or something. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, no Sling TV. CBS is what brought you to Paramount Plus. So, who's a big competitor to CBS? Yeah, what about the fucking Peacock? Peacock. Is it in the top 10? That's your favorite, isn't it? I didn't. It's number I, it's, eight. I always hear people joke about it. So, I would have never guessed that Peacock had more subscribers than Hulu. Well, a lot of them are free. That's one of my notes is we actually don't know the breakdown between free oh, and paid. Okay. You can watch a free with ads that doesn't have access to all the shows or you could pay $5 or $10 for Yeah, all the there shows. might be a lot of people who are like, look, I don't have the fucking money to spend all this shit, but I want to watch 
two and a half men bad enough, I'll watch a bunch of ads with it. Christ, can you imagine wanting to watch two and a half men so bad that you would also watch it with ads? I'll never allow myself to do it. I'd kill myself before I allow myself to do it. So no, I can't imagine it. I won't imagine it. But I can't imagine Peacock at number eight with 42 million subscribers. It launched just last year. It has all the content from NBC Universal, Comcast, NBC Sports, and its biggest shows. You said it's a joke, but it has The Office. It's the exclusive home of The Office, as well as Parks and Rec. And its other big shows are Yellowstone, Brave New World, and King of Queens, which is the first time King of Queens has come to a streaming service. King of Queens, The Office, and Parks and Rec are what led me to subscribe to Peacock. I am a proud Cock of P subscriber. I bet. On the other hand, I don't see any, any, I don't think, I'm going to just, I'm going to sleep on Peacock. (laughs) Okay, great. Thanks for the update. (laughs) Yeah. Brandon's going to sleep on Peacock. Let me take that down. Don't want to forget that. Hey listeners, it's Brandon here, and I have a question for you. Do you love receiving electronic mail in your inbox? I want to let you know that the Tennis Podcast monthly email newsletter is here for you. Email is short for electronic mail. It's a free newsletter delivered directly to your inbox electronically on the first Friday of every month. Each e-newsletter comes with my very special cute little blog, The Sidekick Corner. In fact, the newsletter is the only place to read my blog. Plus, e-newsletter subscribers will be the first to see our future episode topics, which means the episode that I'm rudely interrupting right now, our e-newsletter subscribers electronically knew the list topic weeks in advance. The e-newsletter comes with other stuff too, like behind the scenes updates, merch discounts, and more. The best part, you can sign up right now in literally 10 seconds, electronically. All we need is an email electronic mail address. Go to tennishpod.com slash newsletter to sign up and begin receiving the Tennis Podcast electronic mail newsletter. That's tennishpod.com slash newsletter. See you in your inbox. Let me go ahead and get the last guess that I think I can reasonably make out of the way. And I'm sure it's number one and it's Netflix, which I was just thinking about this the other day. Me and Netflix go back. I want to say something like 15 years or something. I remember shortly after college getting the DVDs in the mail. Like I was on the two DVD at a time plan. Yeah, same here. Well, you couldn't have gone back 15 years because it was invented 14 years ago. Fucking idiot. I was a lot. I got caught in a lie. Netflix is number one. Before I go into my Netflix notes... Let me back up and talk about all streaming, and I'm going to give you the history of streaming. Okay. Well, it has a good kind of intro to Netflix, which is why I want to do that. So, this comes from businessofapps.com. They say, in the mid-2000s, improvements to data speeds and broadband costs led to an explosion of first-generation video streaming services. (laughs) A group of ex-PayPal employees founded YouTube in 2005. And because of that success, DVD rental company Netflix scrapped its planned streaming device and launched an internet-based streaming service instead. Since then, a major turning point in video streaming came in 2013, when Netflix debuted House of Cards, its first original series. Until then, Netflix, Amazon, and all the other services spent all of their budget and content on older TV shows and movies, which had already been released. 
With this move, Netflix altered the power dynamics by showing it could create quality content that millions would watch. In the next few years, it would launch some of the most popular TV shows of the decade, including Orange is the New Black, Stranger Things, and Narcos. Last but not least, between 2015 and 2020, total revenues in the U.S. alone for the video streaming market increased from $7 billion in 2015 to $24 billion in 2020. And the global streaming market is projected to be worth $180 billion by 2027. What's our cut of that? We're not getting a cut yet, friend. But Netflix is. They are number one with 208 million subscribers. The number two on here was Amazon Prime with 175. 208 for Netflix. It launched in 2007. And as you said, it started as a DVD sales and rental by mail company although it dropped the sales and stuck only to DVD rentals soon after that. It launched the first online DVD rental store. Get this, it started with 30 employees and 925 titles. 925 DVDs available in the entire world Mm -hmm. of Netflix. And using the pay-per-rent model, its rates and due dates were similar to those of its brick-and-mortar competitor, Blockbuster. And there's a whole fucking generation coming up now that has no frame of reference to Blockbuster, which is weird. Blockbuster rose and fell so quick. My wife and I talked about in the last year, and I'm sure we're not alone. Other people have talked about this too. Kind of missed that just a part of your weekend evening, like after going to dinner, maybe on the way somewhere, maybe on the way home, you and your friends, you and your spouse, even like on a date or something and spending like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes at Blockbuster. I kind of miss that process of like walking through the store with someone else and talking about like what you're going to get, what you're going to watch. It's different when you're just sitting there idly clicking through, you know, scrolling through the list. And also the idea of when you're at a Blockbuster or Hollywood video wherever and you want to watch a new release, it could be sold out. You might not get to watch it. You might have to go up to the front and say, do you have any that have been returned and maybe still need to be rewound? Do you have any Titty Lesbians Part 3 stored back there on DVD? Brandon, I think, you know, the same way that fashion is cyclical and like stuff from uh, the 80s and beyond comes back into, into vogue. I could see Mm -hmm. kind of a nostalgia wave bringing a Blockbuster-like service back someday. Or not service, but a brick-and-mortar store. I'm sure they have like pop-up VHS stores and places for like super hipsters. Yeah. Well, Netflix. So I talked about their DVD rental business, which I was also a subscriber of way back in 2007. But by 2010, Netflix streaming business had grown so quickly that within months, the company had shifted from the fastest growing customer of the United States Postal Service to the largest source of internet streaming traffic in North America. The company expanded internationally in 2010 with streaming available in Canada. By January 2016, Netflix services operated in more than 190 countries. So they went from 2007 to being US only, 2010 to US and Canada only, and then six years later, they're in 190 countries. And now five years since then, they're like the undisputed king of streaming. Yeah. Growing like a streaming cancer, covering the world. Cancer, you say it like it's a bad thing. Yeah, it's probably fine. Netflix has brought about a lot of good change in the industry. They're the industry leader. And from all accounts, I was looking through the Wikipedia trying to find some hot goss or controversy to spice this episode up. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find anything. On Netflix. Their company culture and all that was uh, very well spoken of as well. Yeah, no controversy on Wikipedia, at least for Netflix. So they're not making people pee in bottles or shit in a box. Dude, what is that? I mean, I know you're talking about Amazon, but like, <laughs> how does that happen? 
you know, you're like the biggest company in the world. And <laughs> even if you can't get ahead of that shit with your PR team, if nothing else. Same like, way it happens with Walmart. They don't give a fuck. There's only like nine people working in the whole store and it's <laughs> three days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. Well, speaking of not giving a fuck, Netflix does give a fuck about their record revenues. $25 billion in revenue in 2020. And by 2020, Netflix became the largest entertainment media company by market capitalization. And it's bigger than every traditional media company in the world other than AT&T, Comcast, and Disney. Netflix, it just launched less than 15 years ago. All those other companies have decades or even like almost 100 years of history. During the 2010s, Netflix was the top performing stock in the U.S. stock exchange with a total return of over 3,600%. God damn. Good time to buy Netflix stock. In March 2011, Netflix began acquiring original content, beginning with hour-long political drama House of Cards, which debuted in 2013, one of my favorites, uh, or at least the first two seasons. In 2020, 19 of the 20 most streamed shows in the world were Netflix titles. 19 out of 20. In 2020, Netflix shelled out over $17 billion to produce original content. To put this in perspective, Disney spent $16 billion, Amazon Video spent $6.5 billion. And in 2021, Netflix is planning to grow that even further to $19 billion invested in original content. We gotta stop these fuckers. Why? I love it. I don't know. They just probably need to be stopped. It's the American dream. Making a shitload of money. Yeah. And Netflix, I mentioned that they've changed the game. They uh, changed viewer habits because they were the first to release entire seasons of series in one go. Like House of Cards was the first to do that, which means they'd release an entire season, every episode in one day. You could watch it all at once. Watch it till your fucking eyeballs fall out. Yeah. And they still use that model. Okay. So last but not least on Netflix, I have some hidden gems from my Twitter followers. Let's see. Potato Lady on Twitter said that City of Ghosts is her favorite Netflix hidden gem. She did add, though, that I live under a rock, so it's entirely possible this gem is not hidden. I wouldn't know. So Almost every gem on there is going to be hidden because there's just so much stuff. My hidden gem is uh, Stranger Things. I'm kidding. Uh, 20 TI Minutes on Twitter said that uh, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Yeah, that's actually the one I was going to say, too. I think you should leave was awesome. What's it about? It's sketch comedy, but it's, um, it's just really weird. It's definitely like take the weirdest premise and just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. It's sketch. Yeah. Sketch comedy is like, you know, they're like short. I know what it is. I'm, I'm e- clarifying. Each short funny scene. Yeah. It's like SNL. No, no, no. Saturday Night Live is live. This is not live. Are you sure Saturday Night Live is live? Yeah. Okay. I have a hidden gem on Netflix, uh, which is Black Summer. I've never heard anyone talk about it. There's only one season. Second season's coming June, so this month. Uh, but it's a zombie show. and It's the best, you know, at least from one season's worth, the best zombie show I've seen. Highly recommend it. I've got a controversial opinion about Saturday Night Live. It sucks. I, I don't, aside from Norm MacDonald on the Weekend Update, I don't think it's ever been funny. It's not funny. It's not a funny format. Will Ferrell. I don't think he was that funny on it. I don't think that show is funny. I don't think I've I don't ever... think it's funny either. So there you go. It has more misses than hits for me. Fucking I'm with you. Rock and roll Fonzie hot take on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Rock and roll Fonzie hot take on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you got all the ones you're going to guess. 
I'm not even going to read notes on these other ones. So number six is Yuku, Y-O-U-K-U. It has 81 million subscribers. It's a Chinese streaming service. Mm-hmm. Number four is lowercase i and then all caps Q-I-Y-I. I-Q-E. I-Q-I-Y-I. I-Q-I-Y-I. It's number four with 119 million subscribers. It sounds like somebody accidentally zipped up the tip of their dick in their, in their pants. I-Q-I-Y-I. I-Q-I-Y-I. And they did what with their dick? Zipped up the tip of their dick and their oh, pants. Oh, zipped it up. Okay. Yeah. God, is there anything worse? Oh, can you fucking imagine? Like, in, there's something I've about I've done that? it before. Yeah. Imagining it makes me... You've done it before, Brandon, and you live to tell about it? Yeah. How'd it feel? Fucking really bad. <laughs> exactly <laughs> as bad as you would imagine. It felt like... Did it get stuck? It felt like dull metal teeth ripping the flesh of my dick skin. <laughs> That's why anybody who uses the zipper and hole to whip your dick out, a fucking noob. Playing a dangerous game? Yeah, you fucking... I actually do that every time. I find it very convenient. No. Remember the guy we worked with? What was he? Not the CFO. He was the... He was high up somewhere. Chief Human Resources Officer. Okay. He would walk into the public bathroom in the office. He's a 60-year-old man. Yeah, and he would unzip his pants, undo his belt, and drop him to the floor like a child, and then bare-ass piss in the urinal. Down to his ankles. And I'd complain more, except he had a hell of an ass. Yeah. All right, last one is Tencent Video at number three with 123 million subscribers. It's also Chinese. What do the Chinese possibly have to offer entertainment-wise that could trump what we've got? Trump what we got? Was that a... Uh... No, it has nothing to do with that fucking idiot. <laughs> China. All right, the top 10 streaming services in the world based on number of subscribers. Number 10 is Paramount Plus, which Brandon's grandpa ass has on his TV and he doesn't know how it got there. Can we help him get it off his TV, please? I don't need any help. I don't give a fuck if it's on there. Were you actually on the line with customer service at the time when we... And I just thought you were talking to me for the show, but you were actually just talking to customer service. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number nine is Hulu. I think that's the surprise of the day that it's so low. It's been around the longest. Number eight is Peacock. Number seven, HBO Max. Number six, Yuku in China. Number five, Disney Plus. Number four, Aqui. Number three, Tencent Video in China. Or maybe it's Tencent. I don't know. Two is Amazon Prime. And number one with 208 million subscribers, Netflix. The original badass of the streaming game. Oh, I forgot. Let me read something real quick. I also asked on Twitter, at the Nicomel, I asked people, which streaming platform do you use most often? Let's see. Hold My Popcorn said HBO Max. Levi said Netflix. Breaking the Cycle said Netflix, although lately it's been lacking. I have a bunch more for Netflix, a bunch more for Disney Plus, although Simon said Apple TV Plus. Paul in Australia said Stan, which is like the Australian equivalent to Netflix. It's all... It's all the same content as Netflix, only the shows are like the characters or the themes in the shows are replaced with like kangaroos and koalas. Instead of 90 day, <laughs> instead of 90 day fiance, it's 90 day kangaroo. <laughs> I love that you've reduced Australia down to kangaroos and koalas. Two stereotypical animals. Yeah. I got, it's a fandom thing saying shudder. 
The takeaway here is it's pretty much all HBO, Netflix, and Disney with a few others mixed in. But you notice no one mentioned Paramount Plus, Brandon. No, because nobody knows what... Nobody knows Nobody knows it, how it got on their TV. No, they're like, <laughs> what's this fucking app doing here? Where did we sign up for this? So, of the streaming services that you've intentionally, yeah. and you know you've signed up for, yeah. which is the one you would be quickest to do without? To do without? Yeah, like what's the first one you'd get rid of? Netflix. See, I, I think mine would be Hulu. I don't watch jack shit on Netflix. I mean, it's been months. Well, that's your fault. Why? It's not that there's not good shit on there. You no. just don't watch it. There's stuff I'd rather watch on other... I, I'm not interested in it. I don't want to watch their fucking there's stuff. There's all kinds of true crime documentaries lately on there, like the Son of Sam series was really good. Mm-mm. Tired of being duped by documentarians with agendas. Did you see that there's another fucking Ted Bundy movie coming out? Not on Netflix, but uh, there might even be a series. Yeah, see, like, I don't want to watch any more Ted Bundy. Make a movie about somebody. Yeah. Fucking make a, give me a Pee Wee Gaskins movie starring, starring Pee Wee Martin Short. <laughs> no, Martin Short's way better. <laughs> Martin Short would be really great. <laughs> the Pee Wee Gaskins movie. Let's wrap this shit up with a couple podcast reviews. I'm going to do a little more than usual today just because we're taking a break. Squeeze a few extra in. First one comes from Volgut on Apple Podcasts. They just say, great rapport between Nick and Brandon. Great find. Great little find. Can't complain about that. Now, what if you, what if they instead were like you with Netflix? <laughs> Fucking nothing on this thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How'd this thing get on my phone? But I, I didn't, I didn't offer that opinion up out of nowhere. You specifically, I, I wasn't going to shit on Netflix till you asked me. And I was like, ah, I don't fucking watch it. I recall you rooting for their demise while I was reading Netflix notes earlier. They can demise. It'd be fine. My, my life would go on just fine. Thank you, Volgut, for the review. The next one comes from Honey Sweet on Apple Podcast. These guys are really great. They cover a wide variety of subjects. I have downloaded several episodes and listened to two. And of course, they're the ones on serial killers. Speaking of serial killers. I love how the gentlemen play off each other and they shine together. She called us gentlemen. Thank you. Right back at you. I wonder if they've confused. Maybe they've meant to lead this review on another podcast. It's actually good. All right. Next one from Big Joe. One, two, three, four, five, six, six. They say, I look forward to every Wednesday to get a new episode. I love the banter. It's like a sitting in my living room talking to my buddies. If I'm ever unlucky enough to find myself in Oklahoma, I'd love to buy a round of drinks for them as a way to thank you for all the yucks. Hell yeah, i like to th drink those drinks. Yeah, Big Joe, if you're ever in Oklahoma, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> you're probably driving through to somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the review, though. Last one I'll read here comes from Mom Polo. She says... Great chemistry between these guys and their sense of humor totally corresponds to mine. It's like hanging out with a couple of buds. Love the wide range of topics and they don't pull any punches as far as language is concerned. A total plus in my book. No punches pulled. What you should have said, Mom Polo, is they don't pull any fucking punches as far as goddamn language is goddamn fucking concerned. Total plus in my shitty book, bitch. That's what you should have said. But we'll accept that review either way. And if you want me to read your review and insert curse words into it, and in the future, just go to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser.com, leave a review, and I'll read it on a future episode. Brandon, do you feel, I mean, those reviews said that it's like sitting in the living room talking to your buddies. Do you feel that way now with me? Am I your buddy? Hell yeah. Sure. Cool. Can I come over and watch some Netflix with you with some popcorn? No. I'll show you around Netflix. I'm not watching nothing on Netflix. 
I'm going to eat ice cream and play Spider-Man on PlayStation 5. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. As a reminder, like I said at the top, we're going to take a four-week break from new episodes. The next one will be July 7th. But don't go anywhere because next week I have a bonus episode and then I have some best of content after that. And again, if you want a new episode, including next week, I'm releasing a Patreon-only episode where me and Brandon go through Urban Dictionary definitions. It's a doozy. For nasty stuff. Yeah, they are nasty. Remember the buddy job? Yeah. You can learn about the buddy job and all kinds of other Urban Dictionary definitions only on Patreon. Comes out next week. Go to patreon.com slash tennispod to sign up. I had forgotten about buddy job and you dirtied my mind up again. Yeah. I'll come over while we're having that Netflix and popcorn party. We'll throw in a buddy job or two nope. as well. Nope. All right. Appreciate you listening, everyone. We will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. 